Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. So many great things going on here at Bethel Church that we want to help get you connected. And so, men and ladies, look forward to seeing all the connect groups that are coming up, and we want to encourage you to sign up for those right away. Today, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, and we celebrate what makes us Pentecostal, that the Holy Spirit showing up. But where did Pentecost Sunday start? Did it really start just that Sunday? Did it really start that day when the Holy Spirit poured out? Or why were the people even there? Why was there so many people in Jerusalem? Well, it's interesting if you look back into the uh, Old Testament and you see where Pentecost started. And it was one of the Jewish feast days. And it was, wasn't called Pentecost then. It was called the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. This was a celebration that was at the beginning of the early uh, weeks of harvest. And in Palestine, they are actually, they have two harvests each year. And they, the early harvest is in May and June, and the final harvest is in the fall. So they're actually able to harvest twice a year. And Pentecost was the celebration at the beginning of the early wheat harvest, which means it's always fell during the middle of May and the beginning of June, just like we always uh, have it. But there are several festivals and celebrations that they had and observations that they took place in Pente- before Pentecost. And they just had about as many festivals and celebrations as Stratford does. There was the Passover, and that's where this also that started. And then there was unleavened bread, and then the Feast of First Fruits. The way the celebration, this, the first fruits was the celebration was the beginning of the barley harvest. And when they started harvesting barley. And that's uh, the way that you figure out Pentecost. Each year they have to calculate from the time, the beginning of harvest of barley. And they count out 50 days. So according to the Old Testament, you would go to the day of the first fruits. And then you begin to count off 50 days. And the 50th day would be the day of Pentecost. The first fruits was the beginning of the barley harvest, but then the Pentecost, or the Feast of Harvest, it actually celebrated the beginning of the wheat harvest. And so these 50 days began with the offering where they would take the first shear of the barley during the Passover week. So why they celebrated Passover, that Jesus celebrated with his disciples right before he was crucified. They were celebrating Passover, which was also the beginning of the Feast of Harvest. And then the the feast took place after the grain harvest, but before the vintage harvest or the wine harvest. So Pentecost Sunday is always the seventh Sunday after Easter. And Pentecost actually comes from the Greek word tekoste, tekoste, which actually just means 50th. So if you ever wonder what Pentecost meant, it actually just means 50th. It's the 50th day. So the Jews gathered 50 days after Passover, and they celebrated the Feast of Harvest, or the Feast of Weeks, because it was so many weeks. 
And this is why when we read in Acts, I don't know if you've ever tried to figure out, but why was there so many people in Jerusalem from all over the place? Well, it's because they gathered together to celebrate the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest. And this is why there were so many people there when the Holy Spirit poured out in the upper room. And so we read in Acts 2, 1 to 8, it says, Then the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hear them in our native language? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity just to remember and reflect on the day of Pentecost when your Holy Spirit was poured out to strengthen and empower us. And so, Father, I pray for open ears and open hearts this morning to hear your word. I ask you, Lord, to hide me behind the cross and let my words be your words. Speak through me this morning and help change us and transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. So all of these people were in town for a feast. And I find it interesting that there's a couple times where Jesus or the Holy Spirit does something and he pours out, he uses another festival. He uses another event where people are gathered to show God's power and God's strength. It's interesting as we read through this and we hear of the blowing violent wind or the tongues that appeared like fire on people's heads. And I know when we read that, we go, what, was, what did that sound like? But I've heard of other um, church events where they've been in football stadiums and they're having a service and all of a sudden this strong wind becomes to come through this place but there's no wind, it's just the sound of this rushing wind. So much so that people were looking to the skies to see if there was jets flying overhead, but there was none. And it was just the presence of God. I heard a speaker at camp one time share how when he was little, his parents would have prayer meetings in their home. And there was one time he remembers at the prayer meeting, as they were in their house praying, that all of a sudden their neighbors came to their house and were banging on their door. And when they opened up the door, they Neighbors were yelling at them to get out, get out of your house, your house is on fire. And they came out and over top of their house was a flame, but their house wasn't on fire. It was just the presence of the Lord. So when we read these things, it still happens. I know that stretches a lot of us of like, what are you talking about? But God's presence still shows up in visible, tangible ways that will stretch us, that might stretch who we are, or even our imagination of like, Chad, I don't think that ever happened. Will it happen then? It can happen today. So God pours out his spirit over all these people. He pours out his spirit at a time where people will witness his power. And as the disciples and the people in the upper room begin to speak in tongues, we have to realize we always reflect on the pouring out of the spirit on the disciples But there were 12 disciples, and there was about 120 in the upper room. So it wasn't just the disciples that poured out of this room, um, baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. They all did. 
And because they were speaking in tongues, there was people around that were shocked because they could understand it in their native language. They could hear it. But they were confused. They didn't understand what was going on. And just as Paul tells us in Corinthians when it comes to spiritual gifts, when we speak in tongues, there should be interpretation. But see, they could hear it and understand it, but they just didn't understand what was happening. And so just as we try so many times when the Spirit happens in this room on a Sunday morning, we try to explain what's going on. And and let's be very clear on something. Just because we might not be able to explain it, it doesn't mean that it's not God. Because the Holy Spirit isn't so much worried about our comfort as He is in empowering us and in filling us. I never want my comfort to be the level of God's uh, ability to move. So what does Peter do? Peter, the one who denies Jesus, the one who uh, runs and hides, he is the first one to stand up and share a gospel message, the first one to preach of all the disciples. So Peter stands up in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, and it says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice to address the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Is anybody else a little bit amused that his only excuse is it's nine in the morning? I find that still interesting that he just goes, it's only nine in the morning. But then he says this, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And see, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, let's just stop for a minute, just on Peter's explanation that people thought the disciples that poured out of the believers that poured out of the upper room were drunk. We have to understand that sometimes when the Spirit of God moves and we see people fall over in his power and in his, in his strength, we have to realize that some of us go, well, I don't know if that's God. There had to be more happening when they came out of the upper room than just speaking in tongues for people to think they're drunk. Because for somebody to come out of a room and start speaking a language that I don't understand or a foreigner who doesn't have the native tongue of English all of a sudden speaking English to me, my first response is they must have another language. They must know a different language. They must be educated. I don't assume drunk. So there's other things that are happening here. So I believe some of them might be falling. Some of them are under the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's something going on that people go, are these people drunk? So Peter says, they're not drunk as you would believe, but no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Every one of us, he wants to pour his spirit out on. That means you, that means me. There's nobody that is disqualified. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. He wants to speak to each one of us and through each one of us. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Right here we have to realize that he says, even on my servants, both men and women, both are equal in God's eyes. There's not, a greater, there's not a greater sex. There's not a greater gender. We are equal in God's eyes. And he says this, they will prophesy. It's not that they might, but when you see the power, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I find it very interesting that Jesus, just before this, he instructs his disciples of their calling. He tells them to go into all the world and share the gospel. But then he tells them something first. After the immediately he tells them, then he says, in the beginning of Acts, he says, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Do not leave Jerusalem until you have the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that for them to do what he had called them to do, they needed the Holy Spirit, just as each one of us, to do what God has called us to do, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need his power in our lives. See, when we ask Jesus into our hearts, yes, the Spirit of God comes into our lives. <coughs> but then there is another experience, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see this with the disciples in John 20. Verse 21 and 22, it says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He's sending his disciples out. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So they receive the Holy Spirit when Jesus instructs them to go and do ministry for him. And then he instructs them later, okay, now wait. He says in Acts 1, verse 4 and 5, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my Father promised. This is a gift for each and every one of us. This is a gift for me. It's a gift for you. It's a gift for everybody to receive. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to strive for it. It's a gift that he wants to give. The gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we see very clearly that the disciples received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them. They were able to go and do ministry. But when he went to leave, they still needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus instructed them not to leave without it. Don't go do what I've asked you to do without it. We see this again as, as Paul is doing ministry in Acts 19. He comes along some other disciples, and we read in verse 1, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. So I want to pause here for a moment and just be very clear in understanding that Paul identifies them as believers. He identifies them as disciples. So they were Christ followers, they were believers, they were disciples, but they had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So what does this mean? Yes, it means that you can be saved and not have the baptismal Holy Spirit. You have the Spirit of God in you, but there's more. There's something more to receive. And so it goes on, and they say, we receive John baptism, and Paul explains the difference. Paul says, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. 
he told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. So on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They received John's baptism and then they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives, we receive the Spirit of God into our lives. And we are saved, but there's more. He's called us to more. He's given us more. We can have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do the works that he has asked us to do, to step into what he has called us to do, to be able to walk in what he has called us to do. See, when I worked construction in Toronto, we, I worked for a concrete company, and we did concrete floors. And so what we would do is we would go into condo high-rise buildings, and we would go in after they formed the floors, so they poured all the concrete, they poured the walls, and we would come in after the formers because when they poured the floors, a lot of times the floors would have some highs and some low spots. And so our job was to come in with these big, huge machines with these huge, loud vacuums, and we would grind out the high spots, and if we needed to, we would fill in the low spots, so we would give a flat surface so you could put your flooring on. If you've ever walked through um, a floor or like through a store, I notice it all the time in malls and different stores like that as I'm walking through because I did this for so long. I could walk through and I could feel the floor go up and down. And there's actually different spots where I can even feel it in our church where it's just a little bit higher, a little bit lower, and you'll feel it as you walk. Well, our job was to get rid of that so that we'd give you a flat surface so you could lay the tiles, lay the flooring so it wouldn't spring, it wouldn't pop. And we had these huge machines and I was operating one of these machines, grinding out these high spots. And these machines were strong. They were powerful. They used diamond blades to chew up all the concrete. And to that, this one day, I was the first time in this building, and I was operating the machine, and it just it wasn't working to its full capacity. I was trying to get it. It was operating, but I just knew this is harder than it should be. This should be going a lot smoother. This shouldn't be so challenging. And I was checking the blades to make sure, do I need new blades on my machine? Because it's not chewing the concrete the way it should. And I was trying to figure it all out. I talked to my boss and we tried to problem solve. I would check my power box, which a power box is basically just this metal box that had three fuses in it because our machines ran on what they call three phase. So there's three different wires that are running the power. And the three different wires are hardwired right into the main breaker of the whole building. And our wires are very thick. They're 100-foot cables. They come in, and, and to carry them, they're heavy. So these are very strong, powerful cables, and you never wanted to get shocked by them because it would kill you. But I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. So we tried everything. I replaced fuses. We did everything. And finally, we got the main electrician in the building to kind of check everything out to try to figure out what it was because I could do my job but it just was harder than what it should be. It was challenging. And so as he was trying to problem solve, he was checking out my machine, he checked out the power box, and finally he traced the cable all the way down to the main power box. 
And what he found out was whoever wired this in only put two phases in. They didn't wire the third phase. So my machine could work, but it wasn't working at full power. And so what we began to realize is I can operate on two phases. And so he wired the third phase in, and my machine fired up to full capacity. And I was able to get my job done so much easier. And I believe there's so many of us in our Christian walk that we operate on two phases. We're connected to God. We pray to God. We pray to Jesus. But we are not connected to the Holy Spirit the way we should be. And that's why sometimes we find it more challenging than it needs to be. Realize this, that by connecting to the Holy Spirit and running on three phases, no way am I going to say to you that life will be easier and smoother. But you will have all the support you need. And he will walk with you and strengthen you. And you will be able to do the things he's called you to do because you are connected and empowered by the Holy Spirit. When we receive the baptism, we receive his full power. Remember Jesus said in Acts 1.8, and this is not just talking to his disciples, because other people have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So for us, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And we will be God's witnesses to Stratford, to St. Mary's, to the surrounding area, to Ontario and to Canada and to the ends of the earth. This is the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure that we're operating in all three phases Each and every one of us, we are connected to God. We are saved, but there's more. There's more. And if if you say, well, Chad, I've never really experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I believe there's a second experience. I just want to ask you this simple question. What if? That's really the only question I have. What if? What if there's a second experience? Well, God's already using me. Just like my machine, it works. But what if there's more for you? What if there's something more that he wants to give you? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now we believe as Pentecostals that the evidence of that is speaking in tongues, but realize it's not the end goal. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the power to be witnesses to share Christ's gospel, to share his love with other people, to tell people how Jesus Christ came into this world to die for them so that they may be set free from sin and have the power to overcome sin and death and live with him for eternity. So what if? What if there's more for us? What if there's more for you? And the amazing thing about this is just because we receive the baptism once, it doesn't mean we're done. We see throughout scriptures how the disciples experience another presence of the Lord, another baptism of the Holy Spirit, a new infilling of his presence. Because the more we pour out, the more we need. And we can't pour out when we're running on empty. And we need to connect with God on a regular basis. We need to stay in his presence and read his word and worship him like we did this morning. 
And the amazing thing is, is just as God's presence shows up in this room, you can feel his presence at home. And he sent his Holy Spirit to empower each and every one of us. And I believe today that he wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit and fill each one of us with a fresh touch of his Holy Spirit. And so I want to pray over you today. And I want to pray God's empowering presence in your life. And today there's going to be people waiting online for you to pray with you as well. Because I believe today many of us, no matter where we are, you either need the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time or you need a fresh touch to get through what we're walking through. And the loving thing of our God is he never wants us to do this by ourselves. And so let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. And Lord, I thank you for your patience for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray today that you will help each and every one of us to connect with you daily. But Jesus, you said yourself, it was better for you to go so that we may receive your spirit. I pray today that each and every one of us will receive your spirit in a fresh, new way. That Holy Spirit, we will open up our hearts to you, that each day we will make sure that we spend time with you. That Father, I love to pray to you. I love to talk to you, Jesus. I have to remember that your Holy Spirit is the one that's right here with me. So Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, remind us to speak to you, to walk with you. Help us to seek you daily. Help us to press into you each day. And so Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, I pray for your presence to become so real in everyone's room right now, in everyone's home, in everyone's car, wherever they are. I pray, Holy Spirit, for a fresh touch from you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to receive more of the Holy Spirit just where you are, I ask you just to, just to open up your arms to receive. It doesn't matter who's around. Even right in your living room, just open up your arms to receive the gift. If I was going to give you a gift, you would open up your arms to receive it from me. And so as this gift from God, I'm asking you just to open up your arms as a step of faith. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you just go into each and every home and you will touch people afresh. I pray for a fresh baptism for those who have received you already right now in this moment. And for those who are seeking you for the first time and just want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just pray the baptism of the Holy Spirit over each and every person in the name of Jesus Christ. As Paul laid on hands and received the baptism, Father, I just reach out my hand and I just touch each and every person that is receiving your baptism this morning. And I pray for a fresh outpouring in the name of Jesus Christ. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you baptize people today and this week in just a new way. That they become on fire for you. That, Lord, you empower them to become your witnesses to Stratford, to the surrounding area, to Ontario and Canada, and to the rest of the world. Pray, Holy Spirit, for your power to touch and change lives right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just believe that God wants to encourage you today. I want to believe the Holy Spirit wants to fill you and strengthen you so you fire on all three phases of full power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 